Hendricks pushed himself out of the chair. Do you want some tea? Thorne nodded and turned towards the fireplace. He leaned against the stripped pine mantelpiece, staring at himself in the mirror above as he spat out the words. Detective Chief Superintendent Jesmond is thinking about a few weeks' gardening leave. Standing in front of Trevor Jesmond's desk that afternoon, Thorne had felt like he'd been punched in the stomach. He'd dug down deep for something like a smile, deeper still for the flippant comeback. I've only got a window box. Now the anger rose up again, but quickly gave way to a perverse amusement at yet another ridiculous euphemism. Gardening leave, he said. How nice, how fucking cosy. It made sense, he supposed. You could hardly call it what it was. Some pointless, hastily invented desk job designed to get shot of anyone who was causing a problem. Anyone embarrassing, but not quite sackable. Gardening sounded so much better than burned out or fucked up. So much more pleasant than drunk, traumatised or mental. Hendricks walked slowly towards the kitchen. I think you should take it, he said. The next day, Thorne had discovered how the odds against him were stacking up. I'm in a corner here, aren't I? Russell Brigstock had looked down at his desktop, straightened his blotter. We'll find you something that won't drive you too balmy, he said. Thorne pointed across the desk at his DCI, a jokey threat. You'd better. It was a close call as to which of them had been more embarrassed when the tears had suddenly appeared, had sprung up in corners. Thorne had pressed the heel of his hand quickly against each eye and wiped and kicked the metal waste paper basket halfway across Russell Brigstock's office. Fuck. Scotland Yard. Perhaps the single most famous location in the history of detection. A place synonymous with the finest brains and with cutting-edge crime-fighting technology where mysteries were solved and the complexities of the world's most twisted criminal minds were examined where, for three weeks, Thorne had been forced to sit in a room no bigger than an airing cupboard, going quietly insane and trying to work out how many ways a man could kill himself using only standard office equipment. He had thought, understandably, that the demographics of recruitment could not possibly be as boring as it sounded. He had been wrong. Although the first few days hadn't been so bad, He'd been taught how the software programme, with which he was supposed to turn hundreds of pages of research into a presentation document, complete with block graphs and pie charts, worked. His computer instructor was about as interesting as Thorne had expected him to be, but he was, at least, someone to talk to. Then, left to his own devices, Thorne had quickly discovered the most enjoyable way to pass the time. He was just as quickly rumbled. It didn't take someone long to work out that most of those websites being visited via one particular terminal had very little to do with the recruitment of ethnic minorities or why more dog handlers seemed to come from the southwest. Overnight, and without warning, internet access was denied, and from then on, outside the job itself, there was little for Thorne to do but eke out the daily paper and think about methods of topping himself. He was considering death from a thousand paper cuts when a face appeared around the door. It looked a little thinner than usual, and the smile was nervous. It had been four weeks since Thorne had seen the man who was at least partly responsible for putting him where he was, and Russell Brigstock had every right to be apprehensive. 
He held up a hand and spoke before Thorne had a chance to say anything. I'm sorry. I'll buy you lunch. Thorne pretended to consider it. Does it include beer? Brigstock winced. I'm on a bloody diet. But for you, yes. Why are we still here? Thorne hadn't even clocked the name of the place as they'd gone in. They'd come out of the yard, turned up towards Parliament Square and walked into the first pub they'd come to. The food was bog-standard, chilli con carne that was welded to the dish in places and tepid in others, but they had decent crisps and Stella on draught. A waitress was clearing away the crockery as Brigstock came back from the bar with more drinks. What's all this in aid of anyway? Thorne asked. Brigstock sat and leaned towards his glass, took a sip of mineral water. Why does it have to be an aid of anything? Just friends having a drink. You weren't much of a friend a few weeks ago in your office. Brigstock made eye contact, held it for as long as was comfortable. I was, Tom. <laughs>